Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Power of Technologies podcast series from Dell Technologies. I'm Steve Dayborn. I'm part of the PowerEdge server marketing team. And today I am very kindly joined by Jeff Lindner, who is part of our IT team here at Dell. Now, as a warning, I will be being very nice to Jeff because being part of our IT team, you should always treat your IT team with respect because you know they keep us alive. So welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Steve. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Thanks for joining us. Um, would you like to do a quick intro on yourself and tell us who you are um, and what you do? Sure. Um, <laughs> Jeff Lindner. I've been at Dell for um, 20 plus years. Um, I am currently in the uh, CIS architectural team at within Dell IT. And um, one of my roles is to set the server hardware standards for for Dell IT and, and help manage those uh, assets for the full life cycle, about seven years. So my primary role. Awesome. So yeah, it's, it's, it's setting this, the Dell standard for server. Well, you just use PowerEdge. That's easy, isn't it? That's that's it. That's <laughs> you've, you've it, it was it was definitely more of that you know in previous years, but now with the uh, leverage PowerEdge and going into so many different products now between VX Flex and PowerFlex and it gets more complicated and then also going in the storage storage uh, arena as well as as leverage product, it gets more complicated for sure. So no doubt, but it is all Dell stuff for sure. Oh, I, I'm sure there, there would be alarm bells ringing if it was anything else. That's um, correct. But do, does that actually interesting, Does it, what does that actually include and how many servers is that estate that we've actually got now? Uh, we manage about 18, 19,000 servers uh, across um, eight large data centers and uh, a whole lot of labs as well. Um, so roughly about 18, 19,000 servers that we do manage. That That's a, a fair chunk of servers. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, a, certainly when we talk to a lot of our customers, yeah, they that's a number that they wouldn't even dream of uh, getting to. But I, I know we obviously have some very large customers as well that easily hit those numbers. But that's yeah, that's a big estate. And what's actually running on those servers? Are it, is it everything that Dell does or? Uh, pretty much. Uh, pretty much the customer facing um, Dell.com. Um, we've got a lot of backend applications that support um, a, a number of apps from the finance to uh, services to PG and, and so forth. So yeah, pretty much, um, I think there's about over 600 applications that we support as well. And those 18, 19,000 servers we support. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're a busy man. <laughs> That's that Dell.com on its own would scare me having to manage that, but, uh, and look after that, but, Wow. Yeah, that that is Dell Technologies, basically, under control. That's pretty scary. But uh, no, that, that that's a big estate. And so then the question is, what do you use to get that under control? What is it you're actually using to manage that? Um, we use a, 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 
a lot of different tools, but the primary ones that we use to manage the hardware and the hardware aspects of our server is, is Open Manage Enterprise. So from alerting to bias and firmware patching to configuration management to uh, monitoring power consumptions, uh, and those tools kind of ex extend, you know, throughout the life cycle of that asset once we deploy it, which is, you know, roughly the seven years that we manage from cradle to grave that asset. Well, I'm very, very pleased that you use Open Manage Enterprise because obviously that's another Dell fantastic product. Um, but it, it is really good to hear that it it absolutely is able to manage everything that you want it to do and at that scale, basically, that you're talking because that's that's a lot of equipment to try and get your arms around and try and monitor, track, and update. That, that just sounds like one huge headache that obviously uh, yeah you're, you've been looking for a tool that meant you didn't have to log into each individual server presumably because <laughs> you might have been yeah that'd be awful <laughs> in, in the 20 years that you've been here you might have just got through all of the servers once um <laughs> what sort of when you when you say that you you're using it for for health monitoring um and updates what sort of setup have you got is it like a, a knock center some sort of operation center with screens up or how is it actually monitored well from a ome perspective i mentioned that we had the about eight eight data centers major data centers so we have kind of an ome instance per data center that we use to manage all those hosts within within those within that data center ome they advertise about eight thousand assets uh per instance we kind of target around the four to 5,000 um, assets per OME instance for that. And that's about kind of what we have in our bigger data centers. Yeah, that that alone, you know, just a, a single instance, obviously it's a very reliable product, but even so, a, a single instance monitoring, managing, doing updates for four or 5,000 units, that's um, still going to be a busy box keeping that lot under control. What what sort of updates are you able to do from that? So if you were pushing out an update, a firmware update? Yeah, well, basically, um, not only does that OME box does alerting for it, but the the big piece of it that it does for us is, is a, around uh, bias and firmware patching. And uh, we use OME to do that for us pretty much exclusively. And we've pushed out, upgraded uh, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, we pushed out IDRAC firmware to about 14,500 IDRACs within one CRQ. And, and that was, you know, across multiple generations of servers to 13G, 14G, 15G. And, and uh, we pushed it out to, like I said, over 14,000 IDRACs. And we had about 92% success rate on that, on that initial push on that and we had some fallout true and it was stuff that we we've got to we manage and uh we, we think we get that better metrics too because some of those the fallout was tied to you know issues that we had like um for example a top row switch went down and 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 it wasn't back up by the time we did the crq the main firmware push and we had some boxes that actually were decommed and still annoy me obviously we can't talk to those too so with some process improvements i think you know, realistically, we can get, you know, can do that quantity of servers again and and get it closer to a 95, 96% success rate without a whole lot of effort, just a little cleanup to do. 
So that, yeah, it worked very well. That orchestration worked really well. That is an amazing percentage success rate because when you're talking that number of boxes across multiple sites, and as you said, it, it's multiple generations of server as well. So it's not just the one update going out to everything. That that sounds like a not even ninety two percent sounds pretty damn good to me. But ninety six would be <laughs> awesome. But and as you say, things happen. You know, at the top of rack switch going down. Strangely, Dell is a real company. You know, they, these things happen. We don't sit with just data's in a lab in you know, just the perfect scenario. Real stuff happens even to us. So, you know, that sounds like a, a, a very successful update. Um, and again, something that is going to be very important when managing any number of servers, because obviously security updates are coming out as and when required mm -hmm. with the way the world is racing ahead at the moment with security. Now, touch wood, we, you know, our guys are all on top of that, but um, I presume that's all sort of monitored by you guys as well. And you just sort of track what's required yeah. update wise. And yeah, we pretty, we kind of have a process to support addressing the security vulnerabilities. We do, uh, we, what we call a quarterly bias and firmware standard. So during the quarter, we, we have a date, we have about a two-week window where we'll pull all the PG fixes down and then we'll bundle up in an OME catalog and we'll test it across the generations of servers. And then once we do our verification and, and validation, then we'll push that updated OME catalog to our, all of our OME instances. And then once we've done that, all we have to do is is basically the OME catalogs are staged on our, our, our OME instances. Mm -hmm. And all the guys have to do is, you know, is get the change ticket, you know, routed and um, they can go push that, push those updates out. We basically have those updates kind of arranged in, in um, for a no reboot required, which is your typical IDRAC, that would be one catalog. And then we have another catalog that uh, we have that's reboot required, which is obviously a little more involved when you got to bring down a box to, to, to patch it. Uh -huh. uh, but we do have two catalogs that we do to address. Uh, and we release them on a quarterly basis. And uh, systematically, they do address you know a lot of security stuff that's that's been released and fixed. You know, so we make sure that we can get it out, push it out, you know, especially if there's a, a, a SEV, what we call a high severity alert, uh -huh. where we get communicated that, okay, we need to have this pushed out in a, um, you know, very short window, 24 hour window, one week window that we have. Uh, once we have that catalog release, we can pretty much push it out at will. It's a matter of getting the change ticket, getting that application approvals. But once we do that, we can push it out using OME and, the, and that fix will be staged or it will be pushed out, one of the two. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I can't even imagine if somebody comes to you with a, a severity one sort of issue and you've got a, that number of servers, the headache that would be otherwise if there was, you know, if that process wasn't in place with the staging and they're the getting it out there. So, yeah, that that's a big process to actually update just some what would be painful enough for you know just a small number of servers so then the monitoring side of it what do you use ome to monitor 
from a, a sort of server perspective and and how does it report back because uh, you know I, is somebody just sitting there watching a screen all day or <laughs> yeah no not really i mean we do have guys monitored but in terms of alerting what we do is we use OME to alert on any hardware failures and what we do is we'll we'll send the alert via email to our ServiceNow instance uh, through a gateway of course an email gateway and then ServiceNow uh, will will cut a ticket for that particular alert saying it's a power supply or memory or hard drive or whatever and it will route it to the appropriate uh, support organization in the supported region in order so that hardware gets replaced gets remediated so, but it all starts with OME on that alerting. A very important port, not only to, in addition to the bias and firmware patching, of, but just alerting as well. And that's round the sun sort of reporting or alerting, I should say. As Yeah, as you say, it's round the sun, because I, I presume these data centers are all sort of overlapping in time stroke capability. And so, yeah, and as yeah, we know, correct. people at Dell don't sleep. So... <laughs> We're yep. just 24 Somebody's up somewhere. <laughs> no doubt. We're, we're, we're hearing some great things about OME, which I'm loving to hear because there are a lot of people out there that maybe use OME and love it, but there are a lot of customers we have that don't yet use OME. Um, and we would obviously highly recommend they go and look at how they can use it, what they can use it for, um, and all of the capabilities. So, you know, we've talked about firmware upgrades, monitoring. As a any other features? Uh, there's the power manager capabilities. Do you do you monitor power? Do we you know, again? A lot of organizations are really hot at the moment about looking at their power usage. Uh, do we do that? Uh, yes, we do use the uh, Open Manage Power Manager plugin for Dell, and we use it primarily for monitoring power at the host level. And uh, we do compare that data with some of our inlight. Neo data to uh, compare the power and make sure that we're both kind of reporting real, real close to the same uh, wattage. But yes, we definitely use that in Dell. It helps us primarily in, in, in two aspects. One is our planning phase. When we go through a planning phase where we try to figure out how many, how much wattage a solution consumes, and uh -huh. we'll use our EIPT tool, Enterprise Infrastructure Planning Tool, which will take into consideration that particular build, you know, CPUs, hard disk, RAM, you know, NICs, HBAs, whatever. And it will come up with a wattage, a, a nominal wattage, and then a, a max TDP wattage. And we'll use that into our planning phase. So it's like, hey, we take, we need 20 servers. We can put 20 servers with that particular configuration for that particular workload in this cabinet. We'll use that tool for that. And then what we use the power manager is, okay, well, now that's got deployed, our projected power versus reality power, how does that look? Uh, and that's where power manager really comes in and say, okay, we, we, we're within 10% uh, of what we projected, you know, six months ago, a year ago, and that's good. Or, oh, we're, we're, you know, we're about 20% of what we projected. You know, we can, this, this environment can support a heavier workload. We can add more, more gas to this. Uh, Veeam instance, or we can say, okay, we can add another host to this cabinet and and still uh, be within our power capabilities of that cabinet. So uh, we like to get, you know, as close as we can to that power threshold, circuit breaker threshold, without tripping it, right? And and 
and power manager helps us not only in the design phase of the, the cabinet, but also once that server is put into production uh, for that seven years, and we'll use power manager to see how we're doing. Power yeah. manager gives us a great history too. It gives us a year's worth of history on the power and cooling of that yeah, asset. That, yeah, that's useful to, to see how, how again, yeah. things are going. But it's interesting with the, the EIPT tool. I'm glad you remembered the name of it because I can <laughs> never remember that. And you yeah. get I can even just about remember the the accurate, you know the the actual letters, but um, I've heard actually that yeah we we definitely err on the side of caution with the the numbers that come out of that. So you're right, you know, a power manager will give you a much more actual number, whereas the EIPT tool, well, I guess, when you're sort of specking things up, it's useful to have that little bit of headroom, but. Power manager then is much more precise about what is actually being used as opposed to what we think might be used. Right. So, in the planning phase. Yeah. Projected yeah. power consumption. Yeah, exactly. It's an important piece of our life cycle management of that asset, you know, power as well as, you know, alerting and bias and firmware patching as well as configuration management too. So, so we've got power manager. God, there's, there's so many features of this product. Um, and and it is such a powerful product that I know one thing you did mention was about how we use it for security. What do we do with around our security side of things? Because a lot of a lot of customers, again, you know, the the key things people are interested in, obviously AI, because everything's AI now. It doesn't matter what your question is, the answer is AI. But they're still interested in power, cooling, and security. That's still a, a top of mind for most organizations. What do we do around security or how do we implement anything in secure on the security side? Sure. Yeah. There's a it's a multi-fork approach to security. Obviously, you know, the IDRAX integrated in Active Directory is an important part of our security approach for managing, you know, 18, 19,000 assets. Uh, we've got large operational teams and, you know, we want them, we want to, we want them to log in as who they are uh, when they do stuff on the, those assets. Don't want right? them all logged in as root. Why not? That's... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. What's wrong with root Calvin, right? So, but uh, having everybody log in as root Calvin, but uh that AD integration of the IDRAX is an important part. So we know who's doing what on there. And uh, that's an important piece of security. Uh, obviously, you know, bias and firmware patching, having a quarterly release cycle for bias and firmware, that's another important piece of it. And we use OME to push those out, you know, to all of our assets out there. Once we do release on it, have the CRQs cut so we can go, you know, downtime required or no downtime required, depending. But the other aspect is really around configuration management. And OME helps us on. So I mentioned that I set help set the server hardware standards for IT. So we have a uh, I have a document that tells us how I want those IDRACs, how we want those servers set up when they're in the provisioning phase, right? Uh -huh. And um, our our provision team, you know, follows that documentation and implements those standards, right? And a lot of that is in automation and, and Ansible playbooks and so forth, but it's based upon my setup, you know, the setup uh, 14G, 15G, 16G setup and configuration guide, which details how we want that IDRAC set up, how we want the bias set up, you know, how we want uh, the power supplies, the AD integration to work and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they'll go implement that standard, but once that standard's implemented and provision, you know, we still got um, six and a half years of that asset environment. And 
one of the challenges that we have is what we call drift management. Um, as that asset is in production for all those years, it has a tendency to deviate from 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 our standard. Uh, right. People log in and do things and and make changes that maybe you know they shouldn't they shouldn't have made, and uh, it's deviated from our standard. So what we use is is the OMI templates, and these templates will set up our IDRAX for us, our lifecycle management our system, our bias, right, for us, right? And we'll create those templates based on our standards defined in our setup and configuration guide. Mm-hmm. And then we can push out those templates and do a compliance check and see which asset has been deviated from our original standards. And and the nice thing about OME is not only can report on that, you know, that discrepancy, that drift, if you will, we now have the ability to go remediate Okay, go put that, you know, go put that back. Go put those DNS settings for the iDRAC back. Go put the power supply configuration, hotspot disabled, AB grid, you know, set right. that back up. Our TLS settings, our SSL settings, our, you know, SNMP, you know, all those security settings. We, we're good at, at provisioning, but, you know, like I said, you got six, it takes about six years to order or six months to, Order server, get it in, provision it, get it in production, right? Roughly, uh-huh. and uh, now we got six and a half years. We sh- that server is going to drift. Yep. Right. So, configuration management that OMI does for us is a, a important piece of that. Uh, not all of it's tied to security, but a lot of those standards are tied back to security. So OMI helps us with that as well. Yeah, that's that. I have to admit, going back many years when I used to look after. Uh, a, a particular company's systems that would have been a really useful thing because the number of remote servers that we had that somebody on site thought they were helping in in quotes <laughs> absolutely yeah. do changing a setting updating a piece of firmware um, and then we'd have no idea what had gone on why the box wasn't working why there was an issue and it would be literally yeah get in the car drive down there, work out what, what's gone on. Ah, right, okay, the guy who thinks he's in IT um, and thinks he knows what he's doing, yeah, we please keep him away from the box because it didn't help at all. But Put that, it back. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it, extremely scalable, too. We can remediate hundreds, thousands of servers in, in one CRQ you know, in a day, which is, you know, extremely scalable. Yeah. From that um, perspective. You say with things like security settings, that's critical. Just silly things where, again, somebody's just been in, made a change, not realized the impact of the change they've made. Um, and, right. you know, it's the sort of thing you actually see quite often or you hear because certain other huge websites are down because somebody just made a change to a DNS configuration somewhere and, oh, everything's broken. Um, right. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's really, you know, that sort of fundamental control and being able to set it back. Uh, and again, as you say, not just monitor, but actually be able to correct it and go, yeah, no, put it back to how it was. Stop it. Did it, did it also put the, can it work out who it was and put them on the naughty step? <laughs> we could dig in the logs and figure out who made the change. Yeah. But OME wasn't, yeah, it won't do that for us. 
Uh, well, I, th- I let's feel Splunk not- do that for us. So. Uh, we, we need to speak to the product group, which uh, yeah. actually I know you, you guys do a lot of and you, you work with our product group on giving feedback as well, which, yes, you know, that that's great because product development is one thing. But if you they've got one of the best test beds available to them with you guys, um, I'm sure you don't like being called a test bed, uh, but and you <laughs> you have obviously have your labs to test yeah. and, and trial things. But it, they must get a huge amount of feedback from you, which is, I'm sure they appreciate as well, because we're, again, we're an, a huge organization running as a company. We're not just doing it for the fun of it. Right. So you've right. Got these things running. Yeah, well, we tell them, we tell PG, sorry to interrupt, we tell PG that if it'll work for uh, Dell IT, it'll work for 99.9% of the external customers out there. And yeah i can believe it and and that's the thing it's you know it's a perfect stress test mm-hmm. with the size that you've got and the the implementation and again the, you know we're not just people will probably assume oh well you're dell you obviously replace all of your servers when the next generation comes out no it's no. run absolutely as a, a a business as a company so you know you said we've got a whole raft of generations of servers still there running and going through the normal life cycle so it's a it's a perfect test bed for them to actually be able to go and prove the product works how it should typically run three generations of servers in production three generations three that's yeah that's pretty good and we know that there are some customers out there with some much older equipment tucked in cupboards they've forgotten about maybe uh or just running because the thing is, we know the servers do keep running. It's it's normally whether you're prepared to go without the warranty and uh, those sort right. of <laughs> scary things. That's been brilliant. Thank you for all that. So then the question is, what's next on your list? You know, you've you've done all this. You've got it. It's, it's, it all sounds easy. What what's your next big task that you're going to push OME into? Well, alerting, bias and firmware patching. I think we're pretty. Mat- mature on configuration management i think we're you know we're definitely you know maturing in that area as well and kind of fixing our processes to you know to uh, have a higher success rate but uh, i think some of the plugins that ome supports is what we're going to look into next more you know the omivv you know the you know to get uh, wattage get our information from our each guest so you have it at the host right but that that host is supporting, say, 25 to 40 guests on there, right? Uh-huh. You know, what is what is each guest consumes in terms of power? And I think that's some of the capabilities that uh, um, we're looking at, too, in, uh, in terms of the plugins and so forth. Um, I think CloudRQ is one of the other ones that we'll look at, too, a little further. There's some services plugins as well. But there's a number of plugins that uh, right now our current standard is, is OME, and then the power manager plugin, and that's kind of limited right there. And we, but we want to mature that and bring in some of the other plugins that have a, a larger role tied back to services, you know, and so forth. Yeah. So look at the plugins, pretty much. Well, and as we say, you know, that's the the beauty of OME is the the expandability of how it can add functionality into Open Manage with the plugins without having to rip and replace the whole tool, you know, you're not starting with a, a whole new product. It's right. adding the functionality inside the actual tool itself 
which I I have to admit when we switched to this plugin style, um, the design, the, that really made a lot of sense because I saw a lot of customers who were looking at the old sort of style solutions where it was a separate machine or a separate virtual machine, a separate appliance running each of the pieces. And then the upgrade of one piece could break everything. Um, whereas now with that modular plugins technology and you know it's inside OME that the upgrade is all managed by OME itself. So you don't suddenly lose your connection to VMware if you upgrade OME because it knows you're connected and understands the plugin is there. So yeah, there's there's some really great designs and development coming, which we can't talk about sadly, but we won't tell it. <laughs> One day we'll tell you all about the new stuff, um, but for the moment, you know, it's what we have is an amazing product, um, and I think you know it, the the great thing is when we're talking about the scale of Dell, but actually it scales right down as a product to a, just a few servers because you're not doing one to one. You can do the one to three, one to five, one to ten, uh, and take away just some of that mundane management capabilities or load that you would normally have to do so i think it's it's great to hear we use open manage so intensely um and rely on it mm -hmm. because you know that that just shows we believe in it yeah. um, absolutely if you got dell servers you really need to be running ome and the plugins to support that you need to it really makes a lot of sense. Scalability is really good. I mean, like I said earlier, we pushed out 14,500 iDRAC firmware updates on one CRQ. We had it, you know, done in less than a week. Remediation took the longest part of it, the ones that fell out, but we pushed it out. And then, today. then you get to find out all those servers that are no longer there or the yeah. <laughs> Where did that go? What happened to yes. that? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's been brilliant I, I thank you jeff i know your time is very valuable and you're a very busy man because there's a lot of equipment to look after but i know it's also made a lot easier by ome so it's, yeah, a, it's a double edged sword there you're you're busy but you have ome so that's right <laughs> <laughs> yep it's a great tool can't imagine yeah. running an environment without it no and i i certainly wouldn't dream of running the number of servers you're running is just that's <laughs> I I certainly wouldn't sleep at night. Um and hopefully that's where OME allows you to. I will wrap it up there and say again, thank you for your time. Say I know you're a really, really busy guy. Very good. Thank you. Thanks to our listeners. Thanks everybody for uh joining us on the Power of Technology podcast series. Don't forget to hop off series. There are plenty to listen to now ranging across the whole of the Dell portfolio. So please go and listen to those. And thank you very much for your time and have a great rest of your day.